are officially living the authentic life today. And the stories about how we all got here are truly authentic and part of it. (laughs) But I invited these amazing ladies to talk about the Astrodome. And if you grew up in Houston, or even if you didn't, you know it is the eighth wonder of the world. It is something that is so meaningful. So we have Beth, is it Widower? Weedower. Weedower. Well, Danae Cremosta, nobody knows how to say all that. (laughs) Phoebe Tudor. These women have done so much for community. You have such heart for connecting people in a way through... Um, looking at the heritage, looking at the architecture, looking at the parks, looking at the arts. There's so many meaningful things that happen in our city. But what I found interesting in researching you guys coming is I really became so passionate about my journey with the Astrodome growing up here. So why don't you tell a little bit, you start Beth, like how did you pick this as your passion project? (laughs) How did it choose me, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's how how that goes oftentimes. Um, I've been in the field of historic preservation and cultural uh, heritage uh, preservation for 20 years plus now and actually came to Houston to work with and on the Astrodome. I worked for a national nonprofit and was recruited to Houston with this project in mind. I did that, met Phoebe through through that work and um, several years into it, had an opportunity to jump from board member of the Conservancy over to the the executive director side of things. And so my 10 years in Houston have been centered on the Astrodome since we got here. There's lots of other amazing things that we've learned about the city, um, but I really have been committed to the Astrodome since we since I became a Houstonian. Yes, and thank goodness she came here. Well, I <laughs> You're so lucky. presume you were par- probably part of that. Well, <laughs> I met Beth when she was here, and this was in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, um, We can talk a lot about the evolution of the Astrodome, but it had been closed since 2009, and that was the lead up to the previous bond election. So the the National Trust for Historic Preservation is the organization that Beth has worked for for all Mm -hmm. these years, and it's the national kind of overview organization for historic preservation in the country. And uh, I was not on the board at that time. I am now the vice chair of the board Mm -hmm. for the National Trust. But they had declared the Astrodome one of the 11 most endangered buildings in the country. Oh, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yes. And it is such a great program because it brings uh, national attention to things around the country that are in danger of being demolished. Um, And ever since it closed, there were rumors that it might be demolished. And, you know, anybody who cares about history, anybody who grew up in Houston who loves the Astrodome would just throw up their hands and say, oh my God, we can't let that happen. But how do you affect that? So that was one really good start was the declaration Mm -hmm. of the 11 most endangered buildings. And then Beth, you came soon after that, right? So we at the National Trust, um, after elevating, it's it's a great tool to elevate um, buildings in need or buildings that are threatened. And as a result of that listing, the trust looked around the country to try and find comparable projects 
to, to guide any sort of redevelopment mm -hmm. of the Astrodome. And what we found was there really, there wasn't a template. There's not, there's not a, a, a been done project that we could model an Astrodome redevelopment or preservation project after. And so that's when they said, how about move to Houston? <laughs> and it just so worked out in my life that, that the timing was right. And my uh, boyfriend at the time was also looking at Houston. And so we thought, well, we'll give it a shot. And here we are 10 years later and a couple of kids and, yeah. uh, and working our way, um, kind of inching away at the Astrodome. So, um, it really is a, a wonderful tool to, to bring that national attention to the Astrodome. And I think it served as a catalyst to, um, to raise awareness in Houston of its national significance. So I think mm -hmm. in preservation, oftentimes we see that when you live next to a building or you've grown up with a building, or in the case of the Astrodome, when, when the building was built during your lifetime, recognizing its significance can be a little difficult. And so having that national organization and the national title of not only the 11 most endangered, but then a national treasure once the once the work began, uh, the advocacy work began on the Astrodome, helps local folks mm -hmm. recognize, oh, this is our landmark. This is our icon. This is an identifier for our city. Um, and we need to embrace this. Mm -hmm. And there's such an effort for sustainability, recycling, reusing. And I was sharing with Phoebe before you arrived. Before I was the vintage contest, I had a 22-year career in the construction industry working with my family business. We have a marble and granite company. And I became a lead AP. Mm -hmm. And I really got behind looking at what we're doing with um, as a country, as the world, what we're doing. And obviously what we do now as the vintage Contessa is choose um, bags and jewelry and pieces that have longevity and have a life. And we're not adding to this, um, these uh, landmines. It's yeah. this, it's yeah. not. I, and certainly I love buying a dress from Target and throwing on a Chanel jacket over it. I'm not <laughs> completely condemning it. But at the same time, we need to look at what, what we're doing with the world and construction costs are so mm -hmm. high. So I was reading last night about the UN and their initiatives to make the world a better place. And one of them is poverty, but another thing is the sustainability idea and the success of economics um, around in each community. So it is about the economics and who we're bringing to the community mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how that provides jobs and how we're servicing. I have chills thinking about the people that came from Katrina and were housed there. And that affected people leaving this horrible, like they lost their whole lives and everything and they had a place to go. Mm -hmm. Like there is truly a change in a community. It's not just about a building. It's so yeah. much deeper than that. So maybe talk a little bit about your emotions in that realm. Well, I, I love the way you tied it to sustainability. And I, I we, we mentioned before, the most sustainable thing you can do with a building is not tear it down. Mm -hmm. You know, you, imagine the landfill that would be if, yes. if the 
uh, Asherdom were, were demolished. And so that is kind of a sidebar on historic preservation. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not just treat buildings like they're disposable. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I love new buildings too, but new buildings aren't necessarily better than old buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, old buildings just have that soul. They mm -hmm. have that history that's built into it. And I think particularly the Astrodome because all, all the memories that are associated with the Astrodome. And it was the first dome stadium and it was just this kind of amazing big idea for Houston yes, in the middle of the it was 60s. so innovative I think it's it, um, it strikes me the Astrodome really is the symbol I mean it still is the symbol of mm -hmm. Houston but at mid-century it was a symbol of the country I mean you can't do that yes we can you can't mm -hmm. go to space you know to the moon yes we can you can't uh, you know mine resources from from Middle Earth yes we can so we were doing so many things there was so much innovation coming up out of Houston to drop this dome right in the middle of it just really embodied what the what the city and what the country at mid-century you know were feeling and doing and that's really powerful yeah. but I think what <clears throat> what strikes me the most in in all my years in historic preservation Oftentimes, when we talk about the why, why a building's significant, mm -hmm. why a place mm -hmm. or a cultural um, occurrence matters, mm -hmm. it, it has to do with the people or the event that it's associated mm -hmm. with or the architecture. And certainly, the Astrodome has all of that. But when I come to Houston, uh, uh, knowing the city and and really unfamiliar with with um, Houstonians, the stories I hear about the Astrodome are because we had the same seats for. 12 seasons yes. of the Astros game with my grandfather yes. because I saw Selena there with my mom and it was the last time we were together. I mean, there it, it really is. It was Houston's living room <laughs> for almost 40 years. And that's powerful. I mean, that's the kind of connection that as a preservationist, I want to harness yes. and, and put back into this building. Let's create another community hub, another living room for Houston. <laughs> it's going to look different. It may serve a different purpose, but it can still be that community hub again in the future. Talk about authentic. Those are authentic memories that people tell us all the time. And I was just saying to my husband, um, this is kind of a tangent, but I'm going to bring it back in. I um, dream about my grandmother and I dream about her in her house and I want to go to her house, but it was destroyed in one of the, she oh. lived in Beaumont oh. and it's not something that I can go to. And I said, it's interesting that we, we can go to places to make us feel something or connected to people. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of research on authenticity. And one of the things I found was blue zones. And there were, there's, um, nine characteristics where people live in communities and they have an abnormally high number of centenarians or yeah. people that live to a hundred. Yes. Yes. Seven of the nine are about connection. So really? it's really a big part of enabling, a, and it's about community. Mm -hmm. It's about generations getting mm -hmm. together. I have chills when I say that because I yeah. believe that these events we're talking about, these sporting events. I mean, I remember having Astros um, season tickets and Jose Cruz and sitting in those seats and going with my family. And then when I went back and toured it, I came with Erica Bagwell that day. Yes, and I her. Remember. 
memories of being there and going through um, having. Yeah, she had tears. She, she was it was truly. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember seeing all of us there, and I and I, I was so inspired what? also that Billie Jean King and this um, that what was it called the, the uh, Battle of Battle the, of the Sexes, Sexes yes. and women won. I'm like, <laughs> I I'm a feminist. I'll say it. <laughs> I want to have rights. Sometimes I want to be better. Sorry, but not really. Um, but uh, I just um, there is so much tied to what's happened there to preserve it and to keep it going. Um, so let's talk about the steps. Like how, how does that, so now we have the idea, how does one do it when there's not a blueprint for this? <laughs> yeah, and there's well. so much need in so many places and there's limited funds. So how do we baby step this exactly. ladies? Like if it was easy, it would, would have been, been done, done already. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And there's no doubt. It's it's complicated. It's it hard. Is. Talk about, you know, a big project. This is a, a giant project. Because but, environmentally, know, is there a remediation? So fortunately, there... all of that has been done. So wow. the county has, um, there's no debt on the building. All of the environmental wow. remediation has been done. And the Incredible. building is solid as a rock. I mean, it is structurally wow. sound. I mean, you can imagine it was so over-engineered. Would you yes. want to be standing under the dome when when the the team pulled the scaffolding away for the first time? Oh, I right. would not. Exactly. <laughs> this has never been done before. So, uh, so the building is in good shape. Mm -hmm. um, the hurdle is so. So, what do we do with it? What is that use? What is mm -hmm. that? And we at the Ashram Conservancy are fervent in our in our advocacy for public access. So mm -hmm. we call for public access it's always been a public building it will it should remain open and accessible at some points mm -hmm. um, to the public and so um, figuring out that jigsaw puzzle that is public access and private investment and the county's role and the tenants at NRG Park I mean it, it it really is, <laughs> it's challenging um, and, and it doesn't happen quickly. That being said, the building is, is safe and secure because it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places and it's a Texas Antiquities Landmark. Uh, so it's got all the recognitions. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not going anywhere. Like she said, it's solid as a rock. It, it could be there for many, many years. We just want it to be there and be utilized and, and have some sort of a vibrant future. Mm -hmm. And people call us quite a lot with ideas. I mean, we get ideas all the time that are, I, I would even venture daily at this point. Really? We're getting either wow. emails or phone calls. Uh, That's at so least helpful. Four out of five days during the work week. And you know, one of one of these eventually is going to work. Yes. You know, one of these is going to be the right combination of, you know, a, a big enough vision or a flexible enough use, uh, with some private funding that we can get the public funding behind. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you said, yes, there's lots of things that are 
needing support and, and public money right now. Uh, and it's hard to argue with the things that need our public support mm-hmm. at the county. So, but you know, at the same time, Houston doesn't shy away from big projects. I mean, you've been involved in the Herman Park Conservancy for many years now. I mean, they're undertaking, yeah. have, have completed and now launching another $250 million project. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. The parks have really taken some leadership on these grand civic projects. So Herman Park is, is the oldest. And we had a, a previous 20-year campaign that was $120 million. And now we have a new campaign that, you know, in the end will be probably 200 250 million dollars and with with Herman Park we can take it bit by bit you know we just mm-hmm. we bite off a chunk mm-hmm. we do what we can do right. and then we build on that i mean memorial park which just launched their incredible mm-hmm. new um tunnel the prairie, and prairie and tunnels yeah that is also a big vision and and I'm really good friends. I went to college with family friends with Robert Clay and Emily oh, yeah. Clay. Well, gosh. That, ga- that gave um, the Clay family the did Easter a very Lights. significant yes. um, role in that. And um, and I love the hat party at the park. So yeah, you'll gosh. find me there every year. <laughs> but it, it's so meaningful, I think, from a standpoint of I see it the most when I go to New York. That mm-hmm. there is the there's buildings around this green zone mm-hmm. and thank God you have this green zone mm-hmm. and that's really visually maybe because I'm a visual person what shows me that we have to do this because industry comes in and I am all a proponent of business and success but mm-hmm. but it is a big part of people again blue zones being outside yeah. connecting with the earth taking mm-hmm. your kids mm-hmm. being in community mm-hmm. all those touchstones are there mm-hmm. with the parks yes and it's it's a difficult thing when there's people impoverished to say how do we give to the parks but at the same time it is part of this whole community yes. that we're building it's a vital part of it yes yes it's so true yeah. and you know raising up these big visions it's certainly that's what we're here for with with the Astrodome and what you said brings up to me um, a community engagement campaign so over the years so we've been in existence for since 2017 2016 uh-huh. uh-huh and you know we're we're doing step by step what we can do at this point and one of the things that we did well the first thing was an urban land institute technical assistance panel, panel. so the urban land institute brought uh-huh. in experts from around the country to uh-huh. study what should be done with the astrodome and this was the question Mm-hmm. Can it be reused? Can and should we yes, can. reuse the Astrodome? Mm-hmm. Um, and overwhelmingly, the panel of experts, landscape architects, engineers, financiers, uh, preservationists said, absolutely, it can and should. Wow. Should be saved. Yes. And that should, should be, be taken lightly. Like for all those people to agree. Yes is in itself exactly. yes. and, and incredible the, yeah, the organization although a very you know forward-looking organization yes. of developers yes and these are the the urban land institute is is um really geared and populated by developers and so for that to come out um i think was really a, a 
a stake in the ground for the political leadership at Harris County and for those of us pre-conservancy who were just caring, who were there saying, wait, 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 this, mm-hmm. this building has value um, now and in the future. And so as a result of that Urban Land Institute study, um, Phoebe and her co-founders stepped up and said, you know, we need a private nonprofit voice for the Astrodome that can work with Harris County, but can go out and talk to private investment and other public entities and, and interested individuals to b- start building this coalition. And it was something that the county did. The county uh, commissioned that ULI study along mm-hmm. with the, the uh, National, National Trust. Trust to put up some funding for that too. So that was just a, a great first step. And they recommended a nonprofit to work with the, the you know, government entity, which is the county. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had experience with that with the city through the Julia Ideson Library Project, yes. which was the oldest library that, you know, we were founded with Mayor Bill White and we put together a board and we raised the funds and we renovated the library and added on the archival storage wing and, you know, gave it new life essentially. And all the work with parks, parks are nonprofits working with this, the city. Uh, the county just didn't have very much experience with that. And so we sort of raised our hand and said, let's think about uh, doing something like that where you have a nonprofit partner. And so we are the nonprofit partner with the county and we work uh, with the Harris County Sports and Convention Corporation, mm-hmm. which oversees all of the uh, uses over there at Energy Park. And we have good relationships with county commissioners and mm-hmm. rodeo leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we might be a little bit of a thorn in their side. We just keep mm-hmm. saying, don't forget, don't forget the Astrodome. Let's let's think about a plan. You know, how can this be reused? And actually COVID gave us a really good opportunity um, as as things slowed down <laughs> and as the county pointed its attention and resources rightfully so on you know health and, and safety issues. It gave the conservancy an opportunity um, and we kind of we had the leash um, to, from from the county to go out and do undertake some research and study and and technical preparations that any development in the Astrodome is going to need. So we did a, a financing study looking at alternative methods to finance instead of just public financing, um, and and we undertook a. a ambitious public engagement campaign, which we titled Future Dome, wherein seven weeks, eight weeks, we engaged with 7,000 Houstonians. Um, and this was was possible, side note, but I think it's so, uh, it gives context. The same firm who worked with us for our public engagement campaign had worked in Galveston and in one year of, of public activity and interaction, they talked to 7,000 folks. We did it in less than two months because we had the benefit of everyone sitting at home in front of their computer. Right. So we so had, had a, a more lot of engagement. Exactly. To be connected to it. Yeah. And so the rodeo, another thing, I'm really good friends with um, Brady Carruth was my chairman way back in the day, 15 years ago when I was on a committee and then Zane was a podcast guest. And so we're going to the rodeo with them in March, which is so fun. I get to ride in my first grand entry on her 
on her, shout out to Zane Carruth <laughs> on her carriage. She was like, do you want to ride my carriage? I was like, girl, I yes. need a carriage. <laughs> I am a Contessa. So I'm adding it to my dream board yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. going to have a carriage, a carriage one day. And instead of saying, do you want to be on my podcast? I could say, would well, you I like to ride, ride in my carriage? carriage? Yeah, <laughs> Put me up. on the list. <laughs> but that, I mean, talk about COVID. COVID hit, couldn't have a rodeo, was out there during cook-off, canceled, gave all the scholarships. Like, yes, rodeo is a big party. Yes, it's a reason to get people in this city. But what it does for students, yeah. what it does for our community, again, we're not just talking about saving a building. We're talking about creating opportunities for people to be here, to give back. Yeah. Uh, Danette, my right hand, who we love, she got a rodeo. She was not an FFA girl. She got a rodeo scholarship. Wonderful. So it's incredible the the touch points mm -hmm. that you can achieve by having a space like this. I'm in a Bible study with a group of women. Amy Pierce is one of them. She just went to Pennsylvania for this incredible event with her son to play soccer, and they had like 30,000 kids in for a competition. She's like, we need that in Houston. So I'm thinking, oh my God, this could be a place for it because of all the hotels around there and everything. It, the infrastructure is there. There's yeah. so many things that um, well, could I love give the way back. Your mind is, is already like connecting. Working. Yes. And we, we've talked with, with Brady and with rodeo leadership. Okay, good. Just because we know that they are the biggest thing in town. You know? Yes. They, uh, and they need space. They need, they need they're, they're space. growing they so quickly that, that they need. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. no, I think there's a lot that could be done with yeah. the rodeo. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's just, who's going to take the first step, Yeah, you know, who's going to do the initial opening back up because there's work mm -hmm. that needs to be yeah. done. Um, it might not be that much work. It might be more simple than people think, mm -hmm. but it's, there's going to be some effort to get it back open and, and usable. But, um, gosh, I, I think the rodeo has a lot of big thinkers over there and yes, you know, they have a lot of big plans. And I just think that, gosh, Astrodome could be such a important part of their plan. So when you're on that, uh, I will. On your carriage, on that carriage yes. I'll be yelling out, save the Astrodome. Is there a chance? <laughs> it, can, it, can, it is now. <laughs> we get you a t-shirt to wear when you're riding yeah. on the Hashtag carriage. save the yeah. Astrodome. Uh, Phoebe's found some great bling from <laughs> Dome Bling. Yes, from, if from I see a, anything well, on we'll find I, I think for an event, because I always think of fundraising and building awareness as an event, it would be amazing, and I would even sign up for this. We have it on TV. Oh, I mean, yeah. on yes, <laughs> that we could do the, to bring back like all the uniforms, all the all that style yes. from back so then, fun. because it's such an emotional yes. connection. And I was talking to another podcast guest yesterday, Elizabeth Waggart. She's um, British and fabulous, and she's in a UN ambassador, which is why I was reading about oh the UN. And she does these incredible initiatives um, with the Lions Fund to help preserve animals. And um, but we were talking about like why do people buy a luxury item? Why do people buy art? What is it? Because it makes them feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. It isn't about like needing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It's about how it makes you mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. And this 
project is about that but so far reaching yes after that I mean I just we've also been contacted when you said fundraising we've been Uh contacted by several nonprofit organizations in town Uh who would love to have their gala inside the Astrodome yes yes Yes. we went to Shriners at at Reliant and that was Mm -hmm. a cold night but an incredible Mm -hmm. opportunity yeah Yeah. there's interest for that yes and as I said there's they don't need a lot done like they're not asking for it to be a completely renovated space they'll take it as is I guess we just have to get beyond the step of getting it back open Mm -hmm. you know the health and safety issues that are uh, affiliated with that but they're not insurmountable at all it's just that Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be the voice for it. Yeah. yeah. So well, I think you us. guys are amazing. Somebody's <laughs> to do it. Well, and I'm so inspired by it. Okay. I have to selfishly talk about some more connections that I found when I was researching you. I love dance. <laughs> Oddly, we're not really involved with the ballet here, but I'm really, su- we're supportive of the Vail Dance Festival. So oh, we meet so many good. of the New York City oh, ballet dancers up there personally, like uh, get to hang out with Unity uh, Feeling and like these amazing. Well, we can compare notes on that because we have friends who go there as well. Oh, yay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, okay. so the Campbells from New York, and then we were able to go to New York City Ballet Gala. But the connection is, I see, obviously, your fabulous dresses, that you won Dancing with the Stars when, <laughs> and girl, I was just, I had to pass this year, but Apaha, the Asian Pacific group asked me to dance, and I'm not able to do it with my schedule, but I'm like, please ask me next year, because I was supposed to do it. It's in Vail and then COVID hit uh, and I couldn't figure out a way to get there seven times during COVID on a plane and whatever to rehearse yeah but this is one oh of my, my bucket list things too is <laughs> yeah. to get I love it. into this so tell me about that journey oh my gosh that was a fundraiser for Houston Ballet and um it was the first year, so talk about nervous. Girl, <laughs> you were I know. I'm chills oh, for you right now. <laughs> yes, and we had, you know, they, they get folks from around town. Yes, people m- might know, and then you, but you rehearse hard. Like it it's a hard. real thing. Yes, I, know. I was, I was scared to death. Scared to death. And you won. <laughs> <laughs> oh my were god. You, were you airborne at any point? <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. It was um, a little more than 10 years ago and I was so proud of myself. So I just going to encourage you to do that. I know I'm, I, it, it's on my list. It's, it's something really I want to do. Fun. And you but know I'm devoted to the ballet, so I, that's why. I know that. And um, we went for the first time as guests with the symphony um, gala this year, which was just beyond enchanting. It was just so lovely. Yes. And yeah. um, Well, good. It, it's, You're supporting our arts organization. I am. Um, but my, um, my passion is kids and fighting sex trafficking. I had an amazing moment. We have junior boards at the schools and we were able to take these high school girls to Austin to meet with senators and congressmen's aides and talk about Mm -hmm. why they want help in doing this Mm -hmm. and how I'm tying it back is to be at the Capitol 
to be in that space, mm -hmm. to feel that empowerment. I saw the power of a building there you too. Go. Yeah. And it, what that meant to them and them having a voice in it. So I, I think that, um, there's so many tie-ins to this and the journey we're all on. Um, place matters. Yeah. I mean, it can be, it can I be a farmhouse. That. It can be the Astrodome. It can be, you know, just a plot of land. So every guest I ask about balancing motherhood, you have to tell your story this morning because you look <laughs> fabulous, but your son wanted to ride a bike to school. So you cutie pie rode so a bike to school and we then rode for the bikes. podcast. Yes. We ride I our bikes often <laughs> and usually so I go home and sit at my desk and go to work. But this morning I said, Oh, so babe. How, do you, how do you balance it? Cause it's something that's it. it people don't just want to talk from when your hours are. It's oh, like constant. No. Well, I am very um, fortunate and have been strategic in, in I guess the, the choices <laughs> that I've been allowed to make. <laughs> uh, so I've always worked um, at home. Mm -hmm. I've always been kind of uh, not self-employed, but been an independent worker. Um, and so I had that. I had a good 15 years of that foundation of discipline, getting up, doing, you know, yes. know, knowing how to balance the laundry and the grocery shopping with the conference calls and the meetings uh -huh. and the travel. Uh -huh. um, and so I feel very grateful for having had that experience because then when I added my babies on top of that, it just, it, that discipline was necessary. And I have the, the fortune of flexibility. I work uh -huh. for an amazing board of directors, uh -huh. um, very diverse, um, various walks of life, many of whom in our leadership are all very active and involved community leaders um, and mothers. And so Phoebe knows <laughs> when, you know, when my daughter's school calls and says, you've got to come get her, um, that there's that flexibility. There's, and so yes. mine, are, mine are little right now. I'm starting to see the light uh, at the end of that tunnel for, for a little more consistency, uh, back in my work day. But, um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm committed to this project. I'm committed to the work and I'm passionate about it. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't love this work, then balancing, you know, this juggling act that I do between the kids and the house and, and this great project would be exhausting and not rewarding, but it's, you know, it's, it's dry. It drives me because this is, we, we might be at this Astrodome table for a while. Well, when <laughs> when I started, one. I said, this might be a 20 year project. And like, oh, everybody's rolling their eyes, you know, well now it's been about eight. So we're, we're, yeah. we're still hanging in there, but I will say Beth, it's Beth fun. is amazing. You really do an, an incredible job with balancing your, your work and your family and your out of town relatives you. and you know that's just how it goes that's right? how it goes it is okay. okay and then you just got together with your family for its first vacation in five years with everybody all together <laughs> yeah i mean and that's that's real life too like covid happens yeah. and you've got so tell us about like is it all magical are there moments like how do you keep how do you put it how do you make it all work well you know i i I remember those days when my kids were so young and now our, our kids are in their 20s and early 30s and you know it's still sometimes a challenge like 
motherhood goes on and on and life goes on and on. Y'all had the ultimate challenge with Caroline's wedding. Well, I mean, we talk about a COVID hiccup. Yeah, our daughter got engaged right before COVID and then it got postponed twice. So they were engaged for 27 months. I was like, oh my gosh, let's just, you know, make this happen. But it was, and it was beautiful. It was magical. I saw the pictures. But that's life, you know, that's what we all deal with all the time. I'm sure you deal with stuff too. And the, the vacation was just that, you know, then they get busy. They get their own jobs or they might go back to graduate school. And so nobody's free at the same time. And then COVID happened and nobody was traveling. So finally we managed it because our second daughter just finished her graduate program in uh, Master of Architecture at Rice. So we're very proud of her. And that was a little bit of a celebration for her a finishing good her thesis. And it was a great excuse yeah, for a vacation. Yeah. That is amazing. So I shared off camera, but Bella's doing a summer math program at Rice for three weeks. She's a math girl, but she also loves writing. So, um, and then we're going to UVA and Duke and those this weekend to go look. So it's, it's a scary, it's, it's, it's it's such a journey to think of her being gone. Uh Um, but, um, such a blessing that they want to have wings and they want to do what they do. And I know, it's ironic that we train them to leave us. <laughs> it is, but we hope that they come back. Yeah, well, if you, if you, yeah, they do. If you've done your job, right? Yes. Or they're, they just, I guess more so than anything, you want them to find peace and joy in their life. Yeah. And I see that happening even as a teenager. Cause I think it's even harder to be a teenager now mm-hmm. than ever with, um, with all this, that's, that's the part that scares me. Yes, I am. <laughs> With social media, although we do love social media. So let's talk a little bit about well let's done. transition. That is good. Yeah. So let's transition into how will people find you on social media? How can they get involved? Like what would the next step be for wow. someone that's like, I want to do my part. We love those people, we and we are we are hunting for um, for more and more of them. So you can follow us. We're we are on um, fairly active on Instagram and Twitter, um, and it's just at Astrodome Conservancy. I think on Twitter we're at Astrodome Fans. Um, we've got a Facebook page. We communicate mostly. We have got an incredible uh, list of contacts and supporters. We have almost 7,000 folks who engage wow. with us regularly. Um, so we send out, uh, are beginning a regular or consistent e-newsletter mm-hmm. that will go out quarterly to communicate. Um, activity has really ramped up in the last year. And yeah. so uh, we have lots of news to share and, and we'll continue to do that. We've, the, we've got an incredible board member, Susanna Cardi, who has manned our social media thus far. And she wow. is uh, just so gifted going back into the archives and finding these amazing and hilarious and poignant photographs mm-hmm. and sharing those. Because as you've said, you've made the point so well, the Astrodome is about the memories and what happened and the connectivity. And mm-hmm. so by, um, by pulling those, highlighting those in our Instagram feed, we can draw folks in and, and help 
you know, help folks kind of tap into those memories and imagine what the future might be. So we can get their web, their email addresses on our website, right? You can go to astrodomeconservancy.org mm -hmm. and sign up to receive um, news and events. We do do a couple of events through the year. We okay. are excited to to um, to add to those in 2023. We do have a, our signature event coming up on April 15th, which is our okay. third annual Race for the Dome. So for oh, anyone who great. hasn't been out to NRG Park or around the Astrodome, recently. Uh, it's a great opportunity. We have a, a course that races around. You can walk, run, yeah. bring, yeah. bring your pup, who's, bring your who's pup. now abandoned us. Yes. I know, she was like, y'all have been talking way too Grace long. Kelly. There's lots of uh, there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, walk or, or run around the dome in NRG mm -hmm. Park, and we do it in, in early April to coincide with the birthday of the Astrodome. We like a good party, so we follow yes. the race with uh, an, an after-party that celebrates uh, the anniversary of the first event or the opening of the Astrodome. Last year, we had a dome-shaped birthday cake that everyone got, got a piece of. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, and we encourage folks to come out. Registration for that will open in early March, so you can check our website as well for that. All right. Yeah. So exciting. Thank you so much, ladies. Well, thanks for having Thank us. You. I this love your fun. enthusiasm for this and this whole field. So thanks. And we'll get you that shirt for your care drive. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Be watching for that. <laughs> okay, everybody. Bye.